whether you eat or drink. Whatever you do. 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 Or whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. Welcome to Whatever You Do. I'm Danny. And I'm Abby. We're just best friends trying to figure out how to bring glory to God in whatever you do. Welcome back to another episode of Whatever You Do. Hi. We're recording again. You'd think that after, what is this, our seventh episode, but we've also recorded... Many others. I feel like it's definitely less awkward and less intimidating to be in front of the microphone than the very first time that we ever put it between us and we're like, oh... Yes. But there's still, for some reason, the second you press the record button, it's It's like, oh, my mind just forgot how to talk, and (laughs) that's the whole point of what we're doing right now. But here we are. It just takes a second to get going. How has your week been? It has felt very, um, like, I've been super tired, and my allergies are crazy right now, and so I feel very in a funk plus i'm pmsing and i feel like a big jerk well so my week's been fine (laughs) (laughs) the people around you just kidding (laughs) i'm halfway true um should we do our highs and lows for the week (laughs) no (laughs) is your low that you have to clean your garage out yes we're going to be doing a addition on our house soon and an addition what did i say a addition an addition but you said a and then you paused because i was gonna say i always say renovation but that's not true kind of is true kind of true anyway it's adding an addition to our house we're making our garage into a couple extra bedrooms and a bathroom and a laundry room so we have to prepare and empty our garage so they can start which means that this is a special episode yes because this humble little office e garage space thing that we've been Janky recording closet. in. Basically, they had this storage was- closet in their in the garage, garage that they turned into a semi. They started to turn into an office for Tim. Mm-hmm. And then... We started recording our podcasts out here, knowing that as soon as summertime came, it was going to be way too hot to be right, out here. Right. But then, but now, now that it's things gonna are going to be start. demolished, yeah. So, so this is probably our last episode out here. It's been a very nice day today, mm-hmm. weather-wise. So we thought, well, let's give it one more, one more go. Mm-hmm. But. Next, we'll have to figure out a space in my house, I think. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. somewhere in my basement. Yep. So, not that you guys cared about any of that, but we're <laughs> feeling very... Uh, With all n- of our years of podcasting. N- nostalgic isn't the right word when you're <laughs> sentimental. Maybe yes. that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. This is where it all began, and we're... Seven wrapping. whole episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't even do one of them here. It's true. But... Anyway, it's true. <laughs> I imagine people know why that's funny, but I can't. I didn't quite do it as. I know. It's true. Enough. 
If you don't know, well, sorry. It's an inside internet joke. (laughs) If you're not on the internet enough, you won't know. But if you are, you probably know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, update us about your trip to Kauai. Yeah, about that. I Sorry for my lack of talking about it because I've had a couple people tell me, so you said you were going to Kauai and then we never heard anything else about it. So, I figured maybe I should update you. How did it go with the kids and the plane? And tra- It's a lot of traveling with eight kids. It was more perfect than I could have hoped for it to go, basically. A couple of times, my three-year-old since going to Kauai has asked if we can go back to Kauai, and I've asked him multiple times when he brings this up, what was your favorite part of Kauai? And he always says, riding on the airplane and playing my Kindle. Because they get, like, unlimited so, time. I don't even think he really cares about going back to Kauai. Yeah. He just wants to, to sit on a, on a plane, plane for, well. for mm-hmm. six hours playing his Kindle. Mm-hmm. So that can sum up that would, yeah. why that went well. Um, but the, the flight I was really concerned about was the flight home, which was an overnight flight. We took the red eye. So we left there at 11 p.m. And it's three hours earlier there, so... It was essentially like leaving at 2 a.m. and we got in at 8 a.m. But all eight of our children slept or were completely quiet the entire flight from the time we took off. It really feels like a miracle of God. Mm -hmm. Our one-year-old and our three-year-old both fell asleep on the plane before we took off and the baby woke up about 20 minutes before we landed, maybe, maybe 10. Mm -hmm. And the three-year-old did not wake up until we woke him up after every other person was off of the plane. (laughs) And we picked him up and carried him off. So that went really, really well. We had a good time. We got to visit a lot of different beaches on the island. So my kids are huge beach lovers as our chip and I so we had a good time doing that and we got to see our friends and spend time at the beach with them and go on a hike and attend the church service of our church plant and really just had some we had a lot of good dinners and just some really good time um, just being there and loving our friends and encouraging them and just spending time with them you know, um, we have history with them that they don't have with people Mm -hmm. there as far as just the time and depth of our friendship. So we had a great time and really thankful. We could definitely see how God orchestrated us being there when we were. And we were really thankful for that. And so, yeah, it went really well. So thanks for praying. Any of you who did, even though I know you were praying Afterwards, since that's when I we figured out that you wouldn't even be hearing the episode until after we were home. But that's how it went. So it was good. So let's talk about on that note what I feel like a question that we get often with the amount like of family size we sizes we have is like how do you 
afford having that many kids? Now, I don't really want to answer that question right now, but related to that question would be, how could you ever afford to take eight kids on a flight to an island? Like, how could you ever afford that? And so let's talk about the story of... Yeah, so... How God provided for that. We, Chip and I have been involved in the church plant from the very first trip that they took of people who were interested in in learning about it. And you guys considered moving your family there and living there and helping with the church plant. Chip and I went on the first trip and then he went back on the next trip after that and then he's gone on another one. And so it was after the second one that he went on by himself that he, I mean, the whole time he was there, it was very much like a consideration of, is this something we're supposed to be actually moving our family for? Mm-hmm. Um, which was very hard to be not at, on that trip at home while he's there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he came back and ultimately at that point we decided that for right now we didn't feel like we were feeling called to go and be there at that time, but we still felt very called to the overall mission of the church plant and wanting to support and be involved in ways that we could from here. So ultimately, I don't know that we feel like we did the best job that we could. You know, obviously, always looking back, you could do more for that first year. But we did have, we were committed to, essentially, we had determined that if it was possible that one of us would try to go every year Mm -hmm. and that Chip would use one week of his vacation time every year to try to do something. Either send have watch the kids and send you or he or, would go or, or we would both go or I know you mentioned something. like miraculously if we ever could take our kids, you knew that like your kids have invested a lot into like raising money for Kauai, the church plant and praying us, for them and us being gone, that that's the only time I mean, we've been gone from them maybe overnight before, but for Chip and I to have gone on that first trip and yes. both of us be gone for a week um, that's just not something that's normal for us to do. Mm-hmm. That's not something we typically do. So that felt like a big deal for us yeah. and for them. Um, I feel like your kids were, were very vested in like praying for the church and supporting it. And Right. So we've always had this kind of dream of we wish that we could bring them and show them what the island's like. Just give them a feel for where is this place that they are that they care so much about and that mm-hmm. our friends moved to. And um, so essentially we had, they they typically send a group out twice a year from our church mm-hmm. to support the church there. And that's the trips Chip has gone on. Um, so we were discussing what we were going to do for this year of 2019 and this was at the end of 2018. And Chip said, I'm just going to call Pastor Claudie and see if he thinks it would be most helpful for me to come with the group, whether it would be good to come by myself, if there's something that we could do as a couple, just kind of get his thoughts on on what would be the best, mm-hmm. you know, before we just decide. And so he had said, you know, really, we're just missing a lot of people. And 
we love the groups coming, but he's like, it kind of is this big, like, everybody comes, yeah. and then everybody's gone, and, and then it's six then months it's like before, a long time, yeah. and so we had decided that we would, that he and I would try to go. We knew we didn't have the money to take our family. It wasn't even on our radar. It was not even, like, a possibility in mm-hmm. our minds. Um, so I started... We were actually driving in the car back from Tucson, and I started looking at plane ticket prices, and I was finding ticket prices for, like, the low 300s round trip. Mm-hmm. Direct flights from Phoenix into Lahui, which is just... it. I was almost like, is this even right? Like, yeah. How? Because they were when Chip would go on the other trips, like seven hundred, right? Yes, I think the cheapest we had paid were we had maybe paid six hundred eighty for our tickets on our trip, and then he had paid like seven hundred something on one trip, and then like nine hundred fifty on one of his other trips. So, you know, we had seen cheaper tickets at times, but usually it was like. You're flying into Seattle and mm-hmm. then from Seattle to one of the other islands and then from that island into Hawaii. Yeah. And so the thought of trying to do that with kids was like, yeah, no, this needs to be, if I'm going to do this with kids, I'd prefer for it to be direct flights straight from. Mm-hmm. So we had always kind of thought when we're budgeting in our heads, like we will try to do the flight from Phoenix to Lahui and mm-hmm. back to Phoenix. So when I was seeing tickets for $329, it's like, could we do this? Like, could we make this work? And so we asked Claudia and Shelly, who are the pastor and his wife there, if we would be able to stay with them. And they said, yes. They said, it's going to be tight. It's a small place, but we are happy to make it work. We'd love for you all to come. Like, we miss your kids, and we'd love for that. So we were still... It kind of felt like, okay, well, we can use this money out of savings. It's worth it because we don't know when we'll see ticket Mm -hmm. prices like this again. We wanted to take the kids. We looked up, and a van rental for the week was $1,000. So we figured, okay, that's not... Horrible. I know that sounds like a lot compared to a regular rental car, but there have been times where I've looked up, like, to rent a van. A van large enough to fit right. 10 people. Not a minivan, yes. It has to be yeah. at least a 12-passenger. We got a 15-passenger. But when I've looked it up in other places, like when we've thought about going to Michigan, for instance, I mean, at times a week, van rental can be $2,500 wow. or... Other so, times you've like bought two car or rented two different cars and they had to like drive separately or no we that was just an option okay. but when we were looking up those prices it was five hundred dollars for each car anyway so okay. it, I would prefer not to have to drive separately mm-hmm. from him if I don't need to but we've we've left that as an open option if it was going to make a huge price difference sure. but anyway we we still weren't quite sure i mean we knew we could we knew we had the money it wasn't the money we would have wanted to spend for the trip but we knew we weren't being completely irresponsible in booking tickets but it still felt like a little bit of like okay yes. i guess we're doing this mm-hmm. and it really seems like 
I mean, we prayed about it first. We spent a little bit of time and we're like, okay, I really think this is what we're supposed to do. So we booked the tickets, had a fantastic customer service person from American Mm -hmm. Airlines help with that because we needed to book the tickets over the phone because there were too many of us to book it online. But normally when you book over the phone, you have to pay booking fees. But she figured out a way around that essentially. And um, just, I was very impressed with that. And it seemed like it just went really smoothly Mm -hmm. and well. And then um, shortly after we booked our flights, some things came up at Chip's job that he essentially was asked to take on some extra responsibility for a project and he ended up getting a bonus he has never gotten a bonus that was close to the amount he got it essentially ended up being a bonus that pretty much completely covered our airline tickets there which just felt like one more confirmation Mm -hmm. that like god was just blessing and providing for Mm -hmm. that and then as the time got closer our church ended up renting a house there and it ended up working out that they they rented the house so that different families could go out and have a place to stay Mm -hmm. instead of trying to book airbnbs or resorts every time because there's not a lot of just like affordable housing rental there and they wanted to be able to go have people we found out after the fact so this is all happening then we sit down with the elders of apology where we go to church and they were like this is kind of amazing because we want to send families out individually instead of doing the group right trips so we didn't even know that and they didn't know we were going and it was cool to see that but it ended up working out that nobody else was going to be there the week we were going so mm-hmm. instead of staying with Claudia and Shelly which would have been fine but it would have been harder for both of us they work full time and so to have people you know at their house all the time mm-hmm. would have been a little bit overwhelming I'm sure um, but we were able to stay in a three bedroom one bath house with a kitchen and living room and um, it just was a huge blessing for mm-hmm. us and um, so yeah it, it worked out really well and I guess the answer to that is you know we weren't looking to take some extravagant vacation or something like mm-hmm. that um, but I still was kind of you know blown away and you just sit back and look at God's really just graciousness and giving you things you don't Mm -hmm. deserve at all. I mean, in that one of the things I think I probably would have struggled that I did struggle with when talking about like having more than three or four kids is how will we ever afford to do anything fun or nice Mm -hmm. or give our kids these experiences we want to give them. And the reality is that you know, it might not even look like you get to go to Kauai for that. Right. But really, God is going to continue to provide and give you the experiences and the blessings and the things that your family needs and that your kids need. And mm-hmm. um, he is has the ability to provide in ways that you don't expect. And, and I feel like a lot of times he asks you to be obedient 
and then he shows you how you're he's going to provide for you. It's not it's not always like he gave you the bonus and then you're like, "Oh, okay, great. We can use this money." But a lot of times he's just asking for you to obey him. Right. And And I know there's going to be those of you out there that say, "Well, yeah, I'm sure that felt like an obedient decision to, you know, book a trip to Kauai." But the reality is we're not trying to be unwise with our resources and we're not trying to we are trying to be careful about not putting you know things that the world sees as necessary or luxuries or whatever up on this pedestal of things Mm -hmm. we need to try to get Mm -hmm. and so it felt a little bit out of our comfort zone. I mean, yeah. And I think the other thing people sometimes forget and don't realize is that Kauai is a is a place where a lot of people go for luxury and vacation and to really just do nothing and but when you're living there, which our friends are and you're going to try to encourage them in the work that they're doing to spread the gospel and start a church and um, really just even figure out a way to try to live and mm-hmm. fit in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't feel the same. Obviously, it's still beautiful and we got to enjoy many things. But, mm-hmm. you know, we weren't just going to just eat out all the time. We still just went to Costco. They've got a Costco there, which is another huge way that we knew we would be able to make it work and things are a little bit more expensive at the Costco but they're not nearly as as much more expensive as like the Safeway like the grocery stores um so we just still went to the Costco still got our normal food that we were going to eat I cooked it in the little kitchen that was there which doesn't have an oven it has like a countertop oven and a single burner not even stove Mm. just like a hot plate that you're cooking on and you know, it wasn't like this luxury. We're just sitting by the pool and ordering. You waited on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but it, it was really good and we're glad that we got to go. I think it was good for our kids to see what it was like and have an idea in their heads for the future. And yeah, so... God is able to provide, I think. I think we don't um, always, still, for me, it doesn't matter how many times he provides in different ways. Sometimes he doesn't provide in the ways we want him to, Mm -hmm. which makes it hard for us to get our heads around the fact that he's providing for us well, because sometimes we just want to throw tantrums about what we think we need versus what he thinks we need, mm-hmm. even though he obviously... Knows best what we need. Yeah. Um, but then the reality that the things that feel big to me are no thing for God and that ways that I couldn't even fathom and think that he could provide, he, he can go outside of the box so far you know Mm -hmm. that it's just really incredible when you just allow him to do those things and Mm -hmm. so I think also when you have like a mindset of 
the money that you do have as being like gods in your trying to be a good steward of that money and taking time to like pray over financial decisions and not just be frivolously spending thing on things just because you want them. I feel like that's really important mindset difference too that does impact a lot of how how you can have more than the 1.7 children. Right. I know that for me before God had ever even really started convicting my heart about our family size or um, any of that, like about how controlled I wanted to be about. I mean, you know, there was a while when we first got married where I wanted to map out like exactly when I was going to have my kids and Mm -hmm. all of that. Um, But before he really started to convict my heart on wanting to be so in control of those things he first started to convict me on what are our needs versus what are our wants Mm -hmm. and as I looked through scripture there's a few different places that talk about our needs being that, that he will meet our needs and that will be our clothing and our food that he will give us those things Mm -hmm. um and about contentment in those areas. And as much as I wanted to think, well, but surely, like, we need more than that. Really, I couldn't find a biblical foundation for, especially even with those things, it doesn't say we are to provide them. It promises he will provide them. Right. So there's a passage in Matthew. Um, um, I know. Matthew 6, chapter 6. Do you have that? Um, Therefore I tell you, this is uh, verse 25, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll, you will put on. Is life is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? In which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So that's a huge passage that I was like, well, (laughs) yeah, this lays it out. The other one um, I was just thinking of was is first Timothy six. Starting in verse six. Now there is great gain in godliness with contentment, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. 
but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And so, I think as I wrestled with these things, I can remember specifically it was around the time that I was pregnant with my second um, baby. I was writing blog posts that I was never publishing, just trying to work. I I needed some outlet Mm -hmm. of trying to work through, like, what do I believe about this? Like, Mm -hmm. I had this life in my head of what I wanted to live, what I wanted life to be like, which wanted to be in control and wanted to have... I know, as silly as this sounds, one of the things that I had always just envisioned was... Chip grew up going to Coronado Island almost every year. His neighbors had a um, a place there that his family could stay. And then we went and honeymooned there. And then for the first, I think, I'm trying to remember if it was the first four or five summers. I think it was the first four summers after we got married. We went there every year. And, you know, I just had it in my head. Like, this is going to be a yearly thing for us. And... Like, each of my children will come here every year, and Mm -hmm. um, it was one of those things that I had to really come and have it smacked right in front of my face of, like, this isn't promised to you, and this isn't anything you need at all, and why do you think that you... What about it do you even think that you should try to plan this every year? Like... Not that it's bad, not that it's wrong. We've been to Coronado since then, but I was definitely placing it as an idol in my heart Mm -hmm. of like, this is something, a goal I want to try to attain. And this is something I want for myself and I want for my kids. And like, we will make it work out. Like, it was kind of my mindset. And when God was putting passages like this in front of me and saying, would you be happy in a cave? If I've provided you food and clothing, could you Mm -hmm. still worship me? Could you have, you know, and um, obviously I still, when you look around at what, what we are, what our life situation is, Mm -hmm. I mean, we have immense amount of things that are way beyond our needs. Yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I think God really trying to teach me to be very open-handed with whatever he put into my care and not treat it as, and this was Chip and I together. I mm-hmm. think we were very convicted about this at the same time, that we want to be a conduit of God bringing things into our lives. And then when we have those things, like how can we use this to be able to serve people better? How can we give this to serve people? Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that even about our home, we went from 
a 900 square foot condo that we had. It was two bedrooms, one bath with five kids in it to uh, the home we live in now is probably close to, it's for sure over 3,000 square feet. I Mm -hmm. don't know the exact square footage with the basement, but, and there's five bedrooms and, um, two bathrooms, two bathrooms. And we try to use it well to be open to people, open to hosting things. Um, so, you know, God provided that for us and, but we don't ever want to limit our minds to think we need this now. Right. And I feel like when God does provide these things for us physically, like as amazing as it is and how much of a blessing it is to our lives, I feel like it's that providing physically for our needs that allows us to to look back and point back to like how he provides spiritually for us and that like he gave his son Jesus as a propitiation for us that it was his work that it was nothing that we could could do or add to or accomplish but it was him coming and giving Christ to take on our sinfulness Mm -hmm. and it was through that that he provided the only way for us and I feel like him providing physical physical needs is just another reminder for us to like go back to how he provides spiritually Mm -hmm. not just through self not just through salvation but through our sanctification as moms and through every day needs and heart attitude changes and heart changes and just our sanctification. Right. And that when we are at those points of, you know, feeling depleted spiritually, that that's not the time to not come to him, Mm -hmm. that that's the time we, I mean, we need to come to him always, but we don't need to be fearful of coming to him in those times that those are very much times that he wants us to come to him to give us truth and life and his grace and mercy. Um, There's a quote that I had written down from a book that we're currently reading called Conscience um, that talks about this, but on page 49. Is it just called Conscience? Yeah. And then there's like a how to train it, how to. Uh, oh yeah, I don't or, remember. I was all like, the thing. I it's thought just, that the title. It has so like much a tagline thing under it, but I don't remember. But I can post a link in the description. Okie dokie. Um, but this quote on page forty nine says, "Propitiation is a sacrifice that turns aside the justly deserved wrath of God and completely satisfies all of His righteous demands for justice." Christian. Christ is your propitiation. He has already turned aside God's wrath against you by absorbing it all, all of it into himself on the cross. If you then, as a Christian, commit a sin, which we do every day, and repentantly confess that sin to God, God would be unfaithful and unjust to refuse to forgive you. God not only promises to forgive you, but also promises to cleanse you. And I just feel like that reminder of just the basicness of the gospel and what Christ does to cleanse us and provide for our spiritual needs. He doesn't ask us to do things that he isn't going to 
provide for. He isn't going to lead us in. He's not going to abandon us in trying to figure out how to be a mother of X amount of children. Like he, as he leads us and as he gives us these children. Or how to be a single woman who always wanted to get married and is walking faithfully each day, doing her best to be content in the place where God has her Mm -hmm. not married. And you can't just will a marriage. I mean, you can't just... Same goes for a baby. Baby, a job. I mean, there's so many different facets of life that this can apply to, that God Mm -hmm. is faithful and is using the place that he has us in to sanctify us. He's using it for us and not to us. Yep. It's true. (laughs) I could never hear that phrase the same. Well, it wasn't quite the same because I said it's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Something else that we have talked about a little bit this past week since recording our last episode, we want to fully acknowledge that our episode with Melissa was something special and (laughs) a delight for you all, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. We were a little bit, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's already awkward enough when you and I record, still. I know. But when you throw another person in... And she was looking to us to lead the way, and we don't even know what we're doing, and... But anyway, it was what it was, and we were excited to have her introduced. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, it will only get better from here on Mm -hmm. out. But I know we were a little in a silly mood and not really knowing... And we were trying to lay the foundation and explain how we got to be neighbors in the first place. Yes. But I feel like we also neglected to talk about the fact that we realize that... We're we're in a super unique situation and we don't... And this isn't the only way Christian community looks. It's not how Christian community looks. For most people. A lot of the time. Yeah. And I think one thing we would love to encourage any of you out there in who are listening to us regularly and thinking, I just wish I had that. That's what I need. We don't want you to idolize the situation that we're in. We recognize that God has brought us into this situation and we have to keep a reminder for ourselves mm-hmm. to hold this loosely, yeah. to give God glory often and be thankful often for this opportunity, understanding that we don't know what tomorrow brings. We mm-hmm. don't know what the next year holds. We don't know what five years down the road holds. Mm-hmm. And so we give God thanks that he has allowed us to live in this way. And we we try to evaluate how can we do this? How are these relationships God honoring and how can we bring him glory through um, living close to one another? And then we understand though that this isn't something that is like a guarantee to stay this way. And, and for other people, like just like God supplies our spiritual needs ask him to bring the people into your life that 
he wants to be in your life. And sometimes that's not going to look like this best friend that's super easy to get along with. Sometimes it's going to be a difficult person he brings into your life. And he asks you to befriend them and learn what it looks like to be sacrificing Mm -hmm. things and preferences. And sometimes it's going to look like walking through a season where he's really asking you to rely on him for that. Um, And not that we don't also have these opportunities to show. I mean, all of us do. All of us have the people in our lives who we can be learning how to love when it's difficult. All of us have the times where we feel lonely, even when we live right next door to our good friends, like that we are called to go to Christ and that he's really the one that fulfills that. I'm not saying But there's definitely seasons in which I feel like he brings us. I mean, I feel like me even, there was definitely a point in time that I remember feeling so just lonely and feeling. And I remember praying and just asking God to give me friendship that were more like-minded that could be encouraging and these things that he was convicting me on because I feel like he was convicting me on some really, really big things that I felt so alone in. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes he answers those types of prayers by giving you somebody. And sometimes he answers those types of prayers by not and asking you to trust him. Mm-hmm. And Yes, and sometimes he's answering those prayers and you can't see it yet. That's very much how I felt like with my friendship with Melissa, where just like we explained in the last episode, how we were in a newly married group together. We were in a mom's group together, but we really didn't talk and we really didn't know each other well. And during those years, I was very much like you're saying, I can remember so many conversations with Chip and just saying, this is so hard for me to have moved somewhere where nobody knows me and mm-hmm. all of my good friends that have known me forever are in different seasons of life and they live other places and we don't yeah. connect anymore. And I just feel like, obviously, I love Chip and it's he's my best friend, but there were just those moments of like, but I miss like yeah, women around me that I can talk to about things that you just don't understand even if you try to. Um And so it really felt like moments much later, like years down the road, that it kind of was like, oh, like God was laying that groundwork and providing that friend for me in Melissa all along this way that I was praying for this friend and she was right there and I didn't even realize or recognize because it wasn't necessarily again what I had envisioned and what I was thinking and um, I think we can we need to be careful sometimes it can be easy to see people that we admire or respect a lot and um, want to be like and we want a friendship with them we want it to look a certain way we want it to be a certain thing And we just try to get that. And I think we need to be careful of that as well. Mm -hmm. Not that you don't pursue friendship lovingly and Mm -hmm. be willing to pour into people. But we really just need to be open in relationships with what God has for those things. And again, not looking to the people around us for that satisfaction and fulfillment. Whether it's our friends, whether it's even our husbands. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's... We know that our 
contentment needs to be in Christ. And so we just wanted to make sure that we were acknowledging the fact that we, it's not lost on us, our situation. And we can understand that there might be a temptation for some of you to wish that you were in a similar situation and not to say God won't do that for other people too. Mm -hmm. Um, but just understanding like not to make this situation something that you're idolizing and right. So, um, yeah. Do you always feel like you don't know how to end this? I never know how to end this (laughs) because I don't know how to end real life conversations. I feel like you're just like, yep. Do I know how to end end? real life conversations? When I like, it's like me backing away, like (laughs) still talking, like closing the door from your house to be like still talking. Okay, bye. Okay, I know I said bye six times. Bye bye again. (laughs) Bye. Yeah. It's definitely. I don't know. Either you're gonna really need to step up and just my ending game. Call it quits. (laughs) Or every episode is gonna awkwardly be me trying to end it, and everybody being like just. It's over. Like, you're done. So. (laughs) All right. Well, this is us ending. So, goodbye. We've had fun. Bye. (laughs)